the volume. Moneyline Monaco is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. I love betting on FanDuel Sportsbook for so many reasons. Great odds and markets for the MLB, NBA, NHL, and so many more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use, safe and secure. You get winnings fast. And it's so fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. Discover the most popular same game parlays each day and night when you log in. And FanDuel Sportsbook is now live in Ontario, Canada. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code MONACO so they know I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming. Welcome into another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Alex Monaco coming to you on a fresh new week, Monday, May 16th. A little bit of an off day for us, a little reset due to the series game sevens in the NBA. Renewing, refresh. Eastern Conference, Western Conference Finals, baby. Suns go home. I was wrong. I couldn't have been more wrong. I am I am getting up after having to pull myself up because of what I witnessed. 57-27 by halftime and, and just a lackluster second half effort. Absolutely speechless. One of the bigger L's I've ever seen in that big of a situation of that much legacy on the line for a number of guys, particularly Chris Paul, just didn't look right from the get, from the jump. I did have the Celtics over the Bucks in the series. If you were rocking with me from pre-series, had them double down, took them twice. Thought there was excellent value there, particularly after being down one nothing and down 3-2. So, Evened it out with the Celtics getting past last year's champion. We will have a new champion. And the Warriors wrap it up, of course, over the weekend in six. Do not play with their food. Get it done at the end. Game six, Clay. And we have the Miami Heat who did the same in Philly. In the famous words of Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris over me? Over me? So today's episode is going to be just my thoughts on what I'm going to fire on in these series and a little bit of my NBA Finals preview from a future standpoint. We'll get into game one and against the spread tomorrow. As far as the series go, right now Boston 
is favored in the East at minus 175 to beat Miami. Miami is plus 145. And in the West, the Warriors are minus 230 and the Mavericks are plus 190. So my lock of the day, out the gate, off the top, I'm taking the Boston Celtics to beat the Miami Heat. And I am taking the Golden State Warriors to beat the Dallas Mavericks. And we have in the NBA Finals, which is really what everybody wants. If you are a casual fan of the NBA, if you are a diehard fan of the NBA, and you have no allegiance to these four teams, it would be a whole heck of a lot more riveting to have the Boston Celtics versus the Golden State Warriors than the Heat versus the Mavs. A little rematch of the early OOs. And, and I'm not saying that wouldn't be exciting. All four teams are here because they're talented. They're enjoyable to watch on both sides of the court, which I'm going to dive into. And they're stars on all four teams. But if we get the Splash Brothers, if we get Curry and Clay versus Tatum and Brown and Smart and this defense in Boston, we're in for a treat. So my first pick is the Warriors and the Celtics. And you look at, just before we dive into each series individually, where these teams are and in a league where defense is not always prevalent and in a league where threes, you know, don't want to say it's Curry's fault, of course. He's just a marksman. But the trend of the league is can you hit threes and can you keep up with the Joneses as far as offense? Well, I want to point out that in the regular season of this season, the top four defensive teams in this NBA, modern-day NBA, the Celtics were number one, the Mavericks were number two, the Warriors were number three, and the Heat were number four. This is in terms of points against. So the Celtics gave up just over 104, Mavs 104, Pretty much identical, defensively speaking, for them. And the Heat and the Warriors gave up 105. And some change. That's fascinating. And very ironic. And very fitting that these four teams are in the conference finals. Now, as far as defense in the postseason, Miami has stayed at the top. They're the only team giving up under 100 points per game. 97.5. Sounds like a local radio station. The Celtics were third, giving up just over 101. Then you have the Warriors all the way down at 11th, giving up 110. And in between 10th and Boston at 3 is the Mavericks at 4 with 101.9. So we are going in, just to give you context to the playoffs and these championships with the Warriors playing the worst defense. But they are scoring the most points in the postseason with 114. Number one in points, Boston is second and they're seventh in the playoffs. Miami is ninth and Dallas is 10th. These are of all the 16 teams that got in, the Sweet 16, all the way down to the Bulls with the worst offense and the Hawks. And that's how we lay the land for you. Now, I'm liking Boston for a number of reasons. And 
You see what Ime did with coaching adjustments. You see how he locked down the best he could, the best player in the NBA, Giannis. And you saw what this team did from a shot-making and overall team mindset approach in the Milwaukee series. It wasn't just Tatum. It wasn't just Brown. Smart and him actually, Smart and Tatum actually had a couple of humble games, particularly the Tatum game three where he had 10 on four of 19 shooting. Smart wasn't his normal self banged up, hurt here and there. Jalen was hot, a good amount of series, but not completely consistently. So you had to rely on a Horford getting you 30 or Grant Williams getting you a career high in a Game 7 closeout from three and from points to get you over the hump. But that is the playoffs for you. Who are those role players in those spots, particularly at home, to step up? And you saw even Peyton Pritchard being excellent in his timely role off the bench for the Celtics team. I look at Miami and I am impressed. I'm impressed with the scheme Everyone knowing their roles. Everyone kind of understanding where they get in, where they fit in. The Struces, the Vincents, Deadman off the bench, Hero six man of the year, Duncan Robinson being okay to play minimal minutes, if not at all, in that series against the Sixers due to matchups. You know, but Jimmy Butler played out of his mind in that series against the Sixers. And the Sixers team doesn't even play close to the defense that this Boston team brings. And that's the exciting thing here. From like a psychological stamp, standpoint here, you have the Celtics having to go against a guy that nobody matches up against in Giannis against a team where, all right, who are we going to make beat us? Because if we can humble Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown can cover Butler, Smart can cover Butler. A little bit of a height disadvantage, but Smart can handle some minutes. Of course, Jalen Brown can cover Butler. And so on that note, if you can put three guys, three of your starters and top defenders, even a Grant Williams can handle on Jimmy Buckets and make the other guys beat you in this series, does Tyler Hero have enough? Bam down low. I think Horford's an excellent defensive matchup against. I don't want to say they cancel each other out. You got to lean Bam due to youth. And, and he he's playing excellent ball right now. But Horford can certainly, certainly, especially with Robert Williams, in a platoon swap, handle Bam down low. So there's no interior defensive presence. It's this Miami three-point shooting. And you look at, how Boston guards the three, third best defense in the playoffs and top defensive team remaining with guarding the three defensively speaking. Miami's second, but Boston has proven that they cover the three-point line decent. And if Miami is to beat Boston, which I don't think they will, it's going to be living and dying by the threes. You saw those two games they lost in game three and game four against Philly. They were 7-for-30 and 7-for-35, I believe, for three-point land in those games. And Boston has that ability. Now, 
Miami does have home court. It is a tough place to beat them. They are the third best home record in the NBA. But what Boston has proven in the series prior, both mentally and physically speaking, is they can beat you at your place. They didn't do it once. They did it twice. And Milwaukee, to their credit, way more, way more all-in fan base than Miami, where it's sunny. I'm from San Diego. I know what it's like. Yeah, the team's good, but you know we can go to the beach still type place. I'm loving Boston in this series. I think it comes down to defensive matchups. It comes down to if we go role player for role player, we're deeper, in my humble opinion, in Boston. Even though it's close. It is close. Miami's going to win two games off of their shooting from beyond the arc, I think, alone. But can they win a series without dominating the interior? And I'm fascinated to see how they match up against Tatum and Brown in the first game. Is Jimmy Butler welcoming the challenge? Give me Jason Tatum. Because Jimmy Butler could have a career-defining legacy series on both sides of the court. If the Heat win, it's because he played out of his mind on both sides. I just don't see it. I'm leaning Boston. I'm going to fire on them to win the series, swallowing the juice. Right now, the series spreads are not out. So I can't tell you minus one and a half what that line is. I imagine it'll be plus money. But I'm going to go with Boston. And then I'm going to go with the Warriors. And we all know. This Warriors team is stacked with offense, averaging just under 115 in the playoffs at 114.2 this run. And they're shooting out of their mind, playing tremendously. Now, they're actually behind Dallas when it comes to three-point shooting. Dallas shooting 38.5 to Golden State's 37.7. But you look at how they matched up in the regular season. Now, Dallas did take three of four. We'll put some of that into context. Not healthy rosters. Draymond was out multiple games in that series. Also, he had one huge 33-13 outscoring in the fourth quarter for the Mavericks to win by six situation. I don't want to jump too much into it. Also, you know, this team had Porzingis. It was a whole other situation at the beginning of the year in which they played versus now. But I look at this Mavericks team, and they're physical. You got to give them credit. And they do hit the long ball. Clearly, they are excellent from three. Matter of fact, they wouldn't have beat the Suns if that wasn't the case. But here's where I think defensively, and they were really missing Steve Kerr on the sideline a couple of those games. Might have even went five if Kerr didn't get knocked out from COVID is they are phenomenal at defensive adjustments. And let's not forget what this team is. And this team is outside the Suns, one of the only teams that was top five in offense and defense in a good amount of the season, statistically speaking. This Warriors team, who's going to handle Luka? I think a number of guys are going to be put on Luka. Now you saw him all day long, work on just getting the switch, praying on Aiton. You know, you give me a littler guy like Chris Paul, I'm eating him for breakfast, no problem. In this series, 
You can put Clay, who much closer in height, on Luka. You can put Draymond at times on Luka. If Draymond, if they put him on the switch, then there's no problem here. Also, it's fascinating that Dallas went small in that series against Phoenix a lot of the time, not utilizing Powell, putting in Kleber. So this could be small ball versus small ball. This could be Kleber and Draymond at the five. Both guys not in the seven-foot club. And it can come down to, all right, who's shooting do you want to back in this series? And I'm sorry. I'm loving what Reggie, what Finney Smith, and even Kleber, and some of these guys have done from beyond the arc last series. But I'm also not loving the fact that I got to back a team that's going against Curry, Thompson, Draymond, Poole, and the Splash Brothers. I'm not doing it. We get home field, home court, four games at the Chase Center. We get the more experienced team. We get a team that makes, yeah, I said it, better defensive adjustments than the Phoenix Suns, period. They didn't have the juice. They were spent. They were exhausted. There was no pizzazz. And it was at home in Phoenix. You see what this Golden State team can do at any point. The Grizzlies were neck and neck in game six for like 44, 43 minutes of that 48. And then out of nowhere, they go ballistic and they cover the nine-point closing spread. I mean, if you were on the Grizzlies with points in that series, you're sick. Might close at eight and a half. You're sick because they can put it on so quickly. And the last thought I have on it is the transition game. Dallas likes to slow the game down. They do like to play at Lucas pace, half court, work your way, physical. This Warriors team is going to create offense from defense, from stops, get out in transition, speed up the game. And that's what I think inside the locker room, when it's kid versus Kerr, they're going to recognize. Let's set up. This style of basketball to play our game. How can we play our game? And on that thought, I got to take the Warriors playing transition. Defense leads to offense. Defense leads to three-pointers. Basketball. Then this Mavericks team that I I don't even really believe what I'm seeing. Can they keep this shooting up? I mean, really. Can this Dallas team keep the shooting up? Because I feel like they're lightning in a bottle a little bit. And the other fascinating thing is they were the 19th ranked three-point shooting percentage team in the NBA this season. 19th. And when it comes to points per game, I hate to bring this to you and break it to you. They were 24th. 24th. Now I know it's a what are you doing lately for me league. So yes, they're up there in top defense and playing a little bit better offense. Much better offense from shooting from the three-point land. But this team was averaging 108 points per game in in the regular season. And they were sandwiched between... 
the Wizards, the Clippers with no Kawhi, and the Cavs. That's where they were in the NBA regular season with offensive production. I think they brought a little bully ball to the Phoenix series. I don't think they're going to have that luxury in this Golden State series. Yes, I know Golden State's small. I'm aware of that. Very confident. Very confident in Golden State's ability to make adjustments in the series. Look, that Grizzlies series, although, yes, it could have gone in five to Golden State, they could have been down 3-2 going back to Golden State for game six. That's the last thing I'll mention. In close games, give me the experienced team. Give me the fearless team. Give me the team that has multiple guys that can knock you down a game-winning shot. And I trust the defensive scheme that Kerr's going to put on Luka. And then who's going to beat you? Because Brunson's not going to bully this team like he bullied Phoenix. It's just not going to happen. Curry may be smaller, but he is not afraid of a defensive challenge either. They'll sleep on Steph Curry's defense. All right? So I'm going to go with the Warriors, and I'm going to go with the Celtics. I'm going to take them both up 2-1 in the series after three games. Celtics 2-1 plus 138. Warriors 2-1 plus 116. Initial leans on that. Boston and Miami split in Miami. Game one and game two. Boston win games three. Game three. Warriors win game one and game two. Mavs win game three at their place. Both to land on 2-1. And those are plus money. Can't parlay them. I'm giving you those because I can't get out of what we're staring at with the series spreads. They're not in there as far as games. Because I'm leaning Warriors minus one and a half. And depending on how much plus money we would get, I'd consider the Celtics at minus one and a half as well. I think both teams find a way to get it done in six. If it goes game seven... Great. Great. Can't do it. Gotta take Golden State. Gotta take Boston. And Golden State over Boston, just to put it on record, just to put it out there, Golden State, and you can do this under the NBA Finals section, to beat the Boston Celtics, which I have, plus 290. Warriors beat the Celtics plus 290, the best nucleus in the NBA in our my lifetime. Clay Curry and Draymond Green. Had to say it. Best trio going on this long wins their fourth. It's an off day in the NBA. I'm out of here. I've talked way too long. Breaking down this series, plural. I do like Liverpool over Southampton tomorrow a lot. I want to throw that out there. Liverpool's won eight of their last nine Premier League games against Southampton. They've scored at least two goals in each of those victories during that period. They're also excellent in midweek form. They've won seven out of their last eight in the midweek daytime action for us here in the States. And Man City just drew against West Ham over the weekend. And... There's a chance for Liverpool, who just won another set of hardware. They won the FA Cup over Chelsea 6-5 in pens. 
Nil-nil went all the way to penalty kicks. They won. They're coming back with momentum. They smell blood. Man City drew. They should have wrapped up the Premier League, and they didn't. Liverpool's going to spank Southampton. You don't want to swallow over minus 200, but double result win the half. Win the game is my play on the prop dot here on our way out. That's how we dance. Got the Warriors, got the Celtics, got the Warriors over the Celtics in the NBA Finals. Oh, by the way, Golden State would have home court in that series with two games of a better record, 53 and 29 to 51 and 31 Boston. And that's a lot, of course, in a series that could go either way. And I'll take Liverpool and a double result over Southampton. And that's how we whistle while we work on a Monday. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review. This is up now on YouTube. Goes a long way if you want to subscribe there. You can get some extra clips on there as well. Moneyline Monaco. TikTok. Social media. Alex Monaco on Insta. And Twitter. Shout out to Promise on the ones and twos. And as always, don't forget to hug your mother. See you tomorrow for the best gambling show ever. Ta-ta real smooth.